Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336. I am your Indian Center host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by... Oh, actually, Josh isn't here. Uh, I'm going solo. I'm going solo, but I'm going to have a guest. So don't turn the podcast off yet. It's not just going to be me yapping for 40 minutes. I got a guest. I just wait for it. Um, Josh is unable to join us. He's not feeling well. And you know Josh is sick. Here's <laughs> listeners, dear listeners, here's why you know Josh is sick. Because uh, I have it from a reliable source that they won their first Little League playoff game. And I believe this is, you listeners probably know better than I do because you pay attention more on this podcast than I do. And we only ever talk about Little League on this podcast. This is Josh's first ever win, I think. Did he... It was his second win. I can't remember if he won one game or if he just almost won a game. So this is either Josh's first ever win or his second ever win, and it's a playoff game, and you know he wanted to talk about it. <laughs> and so next, you have to wait till next week so Josh can tell his Little League story about how they won a game in the playoffs um, because he's sick. And clearly he's sick, or he would come on here and talk about it. <laughs> I know he wants to come here and talk about that win. Oh, he's got some stuff to say about it. Um, as far as Orioles news, listen, um, uh, so far, quiet, quiet hot stove, uh, much to no one's surprise. Um, this is what we're going to do every week, I think. Talk about a pitcher who was signed, who the Orioles should have, could have, didn't sign, and lament the fact that the Orioles don't spend money. So that's, that's this week's Orioles news. There was a good starting pitcher signed. We should have probably signed him. We didn't. Alas. Um, in good Orioles news, Felix Batista unanimously won the reliever of the, uh, the the AL reliever of the year, as he should have. Impressive for not even pitching September and still winning the award. So good for him. All right, I have a a guest today. I'm excited about this conversation. Um, we don't do guests a lot, but this is my podcast. So if I want to have a guest, I can do a guest because my podcast do what I want. And so, if I want to have a guest. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have someone who I really want to talk to. And the person I really want to talk to today is an author, um, an author of children's chapter books, Ballpark Mystery Series, David Kelly. And my son and I, Silas, we love his books. So I wanted to get him on here to talk about his books um, and to, for my son to think I'm cool because I talked to, you know, the author of his favorite books. Um, but a really interesting conversation because, I mean, Josh and I, this podcast, right, is framed around the idea of, of Josh and I and our dad and our love of baseball and how this was kind of not just our thing. This is a family thing, right? It's not a random that Josh is my brother and does a podcast with me. Like this is a family affair. Um, and as Danny, when Burt Rohde for you coconuts, you remember brother-in-law, he qualified even though, you know, the in-law part. Um, but this was always a podcast about our love of our dad and our love of baseball and how these things are not separate ideas, but our identities as sons is very much tied to our identity as Oriole fans, right? These are one of the same. 
And so now um, we're transitioning in life, Josh and I. Um, I, I have a, a, a son uh, who's six. Um, Josh has children who are now being grown, <laughs> but he now also has a, a, a stepson who's who's nine and right coaches little league, right? So a lot of our talk is little league and my little league experience, right? Because now we're talking more about um, not our dad and our experience, but now our experience as dads and our sons. Um, and so in that kind of vein, in that light, um, one of the ways my son and I bond over baseball is through reading uh, and, and through specifically the, this series called Ballpark Mysteries. Uh, and so I got the author of Ballpark Mysteries on, 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 on the podcast, um, and I hope you enjoy this conversation half as much as I enjoyed this conversation. I'm now excited to be joined on the podcast by David Kelly, author of the Ballpark Mystery Series. David, thanks for joining us. You're welcome, Matt. It's great to be here. Happy to uh, talk about my books and share my writing uh, insights with you. It's it's great to be talking books and baseball and reading. Absolutely, and um, I'll just be upfront with this whole thing. I'm a huge fan. I've read I've read all of them except for the newest one. Um, my my son and I, when I booked you as a guest here, uh, the first person I told was my son, who was pumped <laughs> as well. I have a six year old who was excited that I was talking to you. So I'm 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 all in. Uh, you don't need to sell me on your books. I'm all in. Um, b- before I jump in with my questions, can, can can you, for listeners who are unfamiliar with Ballpark Mysteries, or the Ballpark Mystery Series, can you provide kind of a brief uh, uh, elevator pitch of what the series is? Sure. So yeah, I'm happy to do that. So I've written a, a series of books called the Ballpark Mysteries series, and they're basically mysteries set in Major League Baseball stadiums. There's 23 books in the series. You can read them in any order, and they're really great for kids in elementary school. Ideally, kind of kids in grades, uh, you know, one, two, three, maybe even four and five. And the books are a lot of fun because they're fiction, but they also have nonfiction components. They're set in real places, baseball stadiums, and sometimes they include historical figures. And they also include some information about the teams and the locations and the cities that the stories take place in. And my two main characters are Kate and Mike and their cousins. And they travel to different uh, baseball stadiums to see a game or take a tour. And then they get involved in a mystery. So for example, I live outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So of course I made the first book uh, called the Fenway Foul Up, a Red Sox mystery. And my characters, Mike and Kate go to Fenway Park to see a game and they're watching batting practice and they're watching the star slugger for the Boston Red Sox, Big D hit a whole lot of home runs. And then at the end of the first chapter, his lucky baseball bat gets stolen. So Mike and Kate have to figure out what happened to the missing baseball bat in that book. And that's just an example of the type of mystery they find. And in the second book, they go to Yankee Stadium. And of course, in that book, they find the ghost of Babe Ruth. So they have to figure out what's going on, why the ghost of Babe Ruth might be haunting Yankee Stadium. So that gives you some idea of the mysteries you'll find in the stories. And again, I've covered 19 ballparks so far. The latest one is a New York Mets mystery called the Black Cat Changeup, and there will be more books on the way. So there are a lot of fun, a lot of way, a lot of great uh, ways to introduce kids to some of baseball history, as well as locations, as well as get them engaged in reading. Yeah, and for us Oral fans, there's the Baltimore Bandit, which takes place in Camden Yards. Um, so you've gotten that stadium covered already. Uh, and I'll, I'll be upfront, I'll share some of the things I love about um, your books. And then feel free to respond to any of them or just take in the praise. Um, yeah. The 
the, the first thing I like is, um, and we started reading them. Actually, I started reading them aloud to my son when he was five in kindergarten. Um, and it was really important to me to get my son into reading. And I wanted to kind of take the next, next step to chapter books. And I was struggling. Like we tried books that I liked when I was a kid, like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, yeah. We couldn't get into it. I remember around Christmas time last year, we tried the very best, worst Christmas pageant, which my wife loved as a kid. Couldn't get yeah. into it. We tried some of the raw doll books. Uh, couldn't get into it. So like we went through a series of books. And then I found the, the ballpark mystery just in my local library. And it involved both kind of geography and stadiums and also baseball. And my son is kind of fascinated with different cities and geography. He also loves baseball. And from, I think the first book we read, read was the Atlanta Alibi book. And he was hooked from that moment. And then we ran through every series and we requested and waited at a library for the, those books to come. So I, I love that idea that if we want to get young people into reading, right, we need to kind of align, align their interests with what they're reading. Um, because you can yeah. want to read to your kids all you want, but if they don't find any interest or engagement with it, they're not going to not going to get, get into it, especially when you start talking about longer chapter books with, with, with young kids. Right. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And it's really interesting to hear your personal experience with that. And, um, you know, some kids, it's harder to get them engaged in reading. And it's so important in terms of language development and writing and, and just general education. It's such an important part of their developmental process um, that I really love that I'm in a position where I'm helping some kids get into reading, uh, you know, being able to create stories that capture their attention and and kind of bring them back or to the to the book they've already read, which I get a lot of fans that just readers that just keep reading the same book over and over again. But of course, they have the rest of the series to enjoy. Um, but I also think something that's important with the ballpark mystery books is that kind of blend of nonfiction and fiction. So the stories are made up, but the locations in many cases are real. And there's those facts and kind of information it kind of makes the books chewy and makes it more um, a lot more for kids, readers to grab onto when they're either listening to the stories as they did with you or reading them um, because they can they can identify, you know, with real places that maybe they've been or that they want to go. Just as you mentioned, the geography was important to your son. Um, and so I find that the readers really enjoy that part of the book and they enjoy the there's a chapter of nonfiction um, facts and information at the end of each book. And kids really like that, too. So that's an important part of kind of getting them into reading and getting them into the series. No, I completely agree. And that was another thing I wanted to, to comment is, is those kind of pieces at the end. And as a, as a dad who's also trying to kind of instill an appreciation for baseball and appreciation for history. And you look at all the it's kind of fascinating with the Orioles, for example, and all the places that they moved before they ended up in Baltimore kind of their history of World Series is, and and kind of to share that with my son where I knew a little about the history, but he knew nothing about that history is is pretty cool. So I just as a, as a parent who kind of likes to connect with my son over baseball, reading about those facts at the end, and he would never skip over them. He would always want to read those facts um, at the end. So yeah, I think that's a really strong part of the book as well. Yeah. The, the and, other, and that's always, a, that's always, a. am going to jump in. That's always a challenge for me is, is what facts to put in there and what to leave out. Cause I end up with so much research and so much information that I have about each team or location or stadium. Um, especially for ones that have been around for a long time mm -hmm. that it's uh, a lot of stuff ends up on the, the cutting room floor just to say, uh, you know, kind of, I can't fit everything in. Um, 
And I've, I've thought sometimes of going back and making a second book about each team because there's just usually so much more information that I could put into the book, but the, the format doesn't really allow that. Um, but it is it is kind of fun. And the other thing I'll point out is that, that uh, you know, one of the reasons I started writing these books is I have two sons. And back when they were in elementary school, they were doing three, three things. They were kind of uh, playing a lot of baseball and they were reading a lot of mystery books and they're reading a lot of sports books. And I thought it'd be kind of cool oh, to put all those things together. Um, I could always find sports books and I could always find mystery books, but I didn't find a lot of sports mysteries. And I thought that'd be kind of a cool combination. And that's really how I came up with the idea for the ballpark mysteries. Why not have a mystery in each of the major league baseball stadiums? And it actually turns out it's a really great idea because each of the teams and stadiums has such a unique history and a unique location and things that are, are very idiosyncratic about each of the ballparks or the players or managers that have been on the teams that it gives me a lot to work with when I'm trying to come up with a mystery and I'll try to find something interesting about that team or stadium to kind of build a mystery around. So it's a lot to work with and it's a lot of fun to try to figure out how those things all fit together. Yeah, and I think that's what's what's cool about your series, particularly with, with baseball, because I think this is not the, the same in other sports. Baseball, the stadiums are unique, right? Like in, in your book about Wrigley Field, the Ivy becomes part of the mystery. Like you incorporate right. aspects of the stadium into the mystery within the Colorado book, like the altitude um becomes yeah. and, and then where and where you keep the, the baseballs become part of the mystery so yeah i like how you incorporate those kind of unique quirky things about baseball and about their stadiums that that they don't just be and i i guess the way to put this is like the settings are part of the story right they're not just a backdrop it doesn't it's not just like a random let's just put this story here they're an integral part often of the mystery um which i think is pretty cool yeah yeah, exactly. And I, I try to do that. And in some books, I'm more successful than other books. And and uh, but I do try to pick out unique things about the teams or the stadiums that I can kind of feature or focus or, you know, build either a clue or one of the mystery elements around. And uh, again, not everything fits into the book, but um, it's really fun to try to kind of try to unlock that puzzle and see how much I can get into each book about about the teams or the stadiums or the history. And there are, they're, they're so different and so unique. It's really fun to try to build the mysteries around them. Yeah. And, and the history too is, I mentioned the, the, the back of the book, but even within the stories, like you talk about in the Baltimore book, Babe Ruth and his kind of origins in Baltimore, which I don't know if everyone knows about that. Everyone in Baltimore knows about that. <laughs> People outside yeah. of Baltimore know, know about that, um, which is really cool. And, um, I think the most recent one we read was the 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 special one of the the, the special books on Cooperstown, which is one of my favorite yep. books, where it talks about the the Honus Wagner baseball card, um, and yeah, kind of the the specialty around that. And so, yeah, and so how your stories are fictitious, but how they kind of incorporate some real facts is, I think, a really cool part of the books. Yeah, so that, that's uh, Christmas in Cooperstown. It's a, yes. a holiday holiday featured book, which is uh, which is a lot of fun, and it is set at the uh, Cooperstown National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And that's because my two main characters, Kate and Mike, actually live in Cooperstown. I figure if I'm going to be writing ballpark <laughs> mysteries, the kids featured in them should probably live in Cooperstown. Um, and uh, that was kind of fun to try to figure out how to build a mystery around the Hall of Fame. And, and I know that kids kids love money and they also love baseball cards. And the idea of a, a Honus Wagner baseball card worth two or th I think that might be even three million dollars now. It's worth a lot of money. Um, they had one on display and I thought, what if that gets stolen? And my characters, Mike and Kate, have to figure that out. And uh, I had the setting for that story be the Hall of Fame. But I had my characters, Mike and Kate, actually doing a sleepover. 
uh, at the yes. Hall of Fame when the, when the baseball card gets stolen. And it's kind of fun, actually. I got about a month ago, I got a uh, an email from one of my readers, one of my fans, and uh, it was the father. And he and his son had actually just done a sleepover in the Hall of Fame. And oh, wow. he had my Christmas in Cooperstown book with him. <laughs> uh, they had already read the book. And they were kind of replicating it. They had gone to some program that the Hall of Fame had set up where they allowed people to actually sleep in the actual Hall of Fame underneath the plaque. So you could sleep underneath the plaque of your favorite baseball player if you brought your sleeping bag. And I just thought that was so cool that um, that they were doing that. And, and uh, you know, it was in my book. <laughs> okay. Don't mind me. But after this podcast, I'm Googling how I can do that, how I can get on that. Uh, because I, yeah, I, I don't I, know in what the book I was thinking as a grown up, how cool it would be to spend the night in the hall, at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't know what the program was, but they did it. And it was uh, it was kind of cool. They sent me a picture. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. gonna look into that. Um, and you mentioned your sounds, and this is again another reason I like the book is is just another way because you know Josh and I, who's who's my brother, we talk. We started this podcast because of our love of baseball, which came from our father, who was a big Orioles fan and instilled in us we didn't really have a choice you're going to love baseball and so this is a way that you know my dad and I still bond over baseball and and we go to games together and a lot of our communication kind of is communicated through the sport of baseball even serious topics often start with baseball and so this is again I like it because it's not it's another way for not, not just to my son to appreciate books and reading but it's a way for me to connect with my son because we have this shared it's not like he's reading um a book that 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 is i'm not into at all about ghosts or zombies or something like we're reading about a common interest so it's it becomes right. this kind of bonding experience too between my son and i not just the reading but also the the the, the content itself which is cool yeah it's actually and it's great that you say that because uh, as an author one of the things i am i'm always looking at of course is my amazon reviews and, and what people are writing on amazon about uh -huh. my books um usually it's pretty good stuff um, but it's kind of funny because one of the things I notice when I look at all the reviews, about 50% of them come from grandparents who are giving their grandsons or oh, granddaughters these books as a way to kind of sh uh, share a common interest. So the, the grandparents might be interested in baseball, have a favorite team, whether it's the Yankees, or the Red Sox, and they want to find a way to share that you know, with their grandchild. And these books uh, seem to really fit that bill. They, they draw a connection between the grandparents and, uh, you know, your, your daughter, your son, that kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun way to pass on some of that family history or some of that family um, interest and, and uh, find a common language. So exactly what you're doing, but I find a lot of grandparents do it as well. Yeah, that's cool. And it doesn't have to be like, I read a lot to my son. Um, though he just started reading his own chapter books, which so now I think he's going to go back and read Ballpark Mysteries because he's just started reading his own chapter books by himself. Right. But 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 even the idea of like I can read it and then he can read it too and then we can talk about it, um, I think is yeah. yeah I think it's just just great and I I don't know if I can do that with all his books, but I can certainly do it with right. Ballpark Mysteries. Um, right. right. So 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 those are some of the reasons I I'm a I'm a fan of the books. Um, I encourage other people with 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 children in this you know. I would say five to twelve range to, to check it out. Yeah. Um, but but now let me ask you some questions. You mentioned before the the research that goes into it. I'm curious. So let's say you're, you're talking about Camden Yards or a stadium, um, even a stadium maybe that you're less f familiar with. What is your process for for researching the team, the stadium? How do you go about that? Yeah. No, that's a great question. And um, I I. I 
basically go about researching. I usually start uh, at home. I, I've got a lot of baseball books on the shelf, you know, behind me, and I start looking through those, um, digging up information on the team or the stadium or the city. I start cruising the internet again, looking for interesting stories about previous, um, you know, players and, and managers, and then the history of the stadiums. But then I also take a trip to whatever team or stadium I'm writing about, whether it's Atlanta or New York. Um, I will usually spend anywhere from three to five days kind of doing on-site research. And I do it just um, just as you or anybody else would do the research. I don't usually get special access to anything. So I am usually try to go to two baseball games or maybe three baseball games. And I won't usually sit down. I usually spend the time cruising around the stadium, taking a lot of pictures from every angle of all the things I can think of to take pictures of, whether it's the seats, the fans, the hot dog stands, the food stands, the condiment stands, uh, the stairways, the roofs, um, any interesting features, um, you know, whether it's the Coke bottle slide in the San Francisco Giants Stadium um, or, you know, the flags in, in Baltimore Stadium. Um, so I'm looking for interesting things to take pictures of. I'll write down notes um, as I'm there as well. And so I'll go to two games and then I'll also take a tour of the stadium, just the way you would take a tour of Baltimore's stadium. Um, try to capture all the information the tour guide says, and then we'll usually spend some time looking around the city. So when I went to research the Baltimore book, I spent probably about a day and a half just checking out sites uh, in Baltimore, going to Babe Ruth's house, which is a great place to visit. If you're in the Baltimore area, it's really mm -hmm. kind of cool to see where he was born um, and and some, some memorabilia from his um, life and childhood. Um, looked at other sites. I went to actually the site of St. Mary's Industrial School for, for boys, which is where he okay. spent most of his formulative years in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and uh, just kind of checking out different places. I think I even went to the old, um, I went to the McCormick Spice. Um, there was a McCormick Spice area down by the uh, the waterfront there. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, you can kind of uh, take a tour of the McCormick Spice Museum kind of a thing, which is kind of cool. And that comes up in the book. Um, old Bay seasoning is kind of important uh -huh. to Baltimore people. Uh, I, I, I turned it into Old Cove um, seasoning and, and um, I, I gave it a different name, but I put it in the book. Um, so anyway, I'm looking for all that kind of information and I'll spend anywhere from three to five days doing that kind of research, taking a lot of pictures, a lot of notes. And then I come back um, to my home office and I sit down and I just kind of put it all in front of me and I try to come up with things that I think that stood out or were important to me. Um, you know, whether it's a location or a feature of the stadium or a particular player or a bit of history, and I'll kind of write down a list of things that kind of stood out to me. And then I try to kind of formulate a mystery around that. And that's kind of a very generalized process. I just kind of start playing with different ideas of things that could happen or could have happened and kind of think about what might fit together. So that's kind of the, the overview, quick overview of the research process. Yeah. And the, the mysteries are interesting because it's interesting you say that. So you come up with the setting and you kind of study the setting first, and then you add the mystery, not here's a mystery and let me fit it in here. Right. Um, and, and because your, your mysteries, they, and you mentioned the, the Boston one with the, the, with the bat, with the stolen bat, but sometimes they, um, sometimes they involve like food vendors or <laughs> workers at the stadium. Like it doesn't, it's not just always with the players. Sometimes it's the surrounding stuff too. That's part of a stadium. 
because uh, right. the baseball game has a lot going on, <laughs> and sometimes it, other it does. And there's are, and there's a lot of people, and I and I try to vary it. So I, you know, I'm not going to have something stolen in every book. There's there's turns mm-hmm. out there's a lot of different ways to write a mystery story, and I. I kind of learned that because I'd never written a mystery story before I started writing the first one. So I went to the library and I took out a lot of um, children's mystery stories and I read them all. And I started writing down a list of all the different ways you could have a mystery. So for example, you can have a mystery where something is stolen like a baseball bat. And that makes for a great mystery. It's very concrete, but you can also have a mystery where say mysterious things are happening. So in my third book, the LA Dodger, my characters, Mike and Kate go to California for a Los Angeles Dodgers game and strange things start to happen. So somebody is following them. Someone breaks into their hotel. Someone is sending them threatening notes. These things are happening and we don't really know why they're happening. It's kind of like a Scooby-Doo mystery, but that makes for another great mystery story. But then you can also have other types of mysteries. You can have a ghost or something supernatural. I do that in book two. Um, you might have um, you might have a case of mistaken identity, which uh, somebody isn't who we think they are. And I use that um, idea in the uh, um, in the Minnesota Twins book. Uh, maybe one of the Minis- the twin players on the Minnesota Twins isn't who we think he is. Um, but there's a lot of different ways you can create a mystery story. So I kind of try to vary it from book to book um as well as varying the setting and the and the details and and the plot yeah that's cool you you mentioned before your um you kind of had your your sons in mind kind of study of mystery and and baseball and by by the way i looked i couldn't even find that many kind of early reader chapter books about baseball like i read matt christopher a bunch but my son wasn't ready for matt christopher so this is so i couldn't even just the genre of baseball you had kind of the kids books like the children's books and then you had the older readers but not that early reader age um yep so definitely but but you mentioned your sons that did what 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 did, did, they, did they like the books <laughs> what were their thoughts so uh the, the, yeah they do like the books <laughs> and and uh i i actually found out my my older son uh they both liked the books but my younger son was a little bit more interested in being involved in them. So he was always anxious to read the latest copy or the latest draft and give me feedback and that kind of stuff. And my older son read the books, but he was always uh, a little bit more distant from them as as uh, the kids have different personalities. But um, they were both super helpful as an author. Um, I don't have all the answers. And when you're writing a mystery story, it is hard to figure things out sometimes. And sometimes I get stuck like any writer. And I find a really great way to make it past the writer's block or to um, find the solution to the mystery is to ask other people. So I will mm-hmm. rely upon my wife for help and I rely upon my sons for help too. So when I get stuck and I've got an idea like, uh, you know, I need a mystery at Wrigley Field and I'm not really sure what to do. And my younger son, Scott said, well, what if there was a treasure? And and that actually fit pretty well into like, I thought, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can I can make that work with the Ivy. Maybe someone thinks there's a treasure buried behind the ivy that covers the outfield wall at Wrigley Field. And that kind of leads, once I get uh, kind of a clue into the mystery, um, you can kind of see how the rest of it might unfold. So um, they've been really great resources for me, Um, you know, enthusiastic supporters, but also really great resources when I'm kind of stuck on a mystery point or a clue point, um, they can give me some ideas. So it's really helpful to have them as kind of readers and, and idea generation factories. Yeah, that's cool. The, um, I do have to ask you, my uh, my son Silas would get mad at me if I didn't ask you, 
Um, so what other stadiums, like what are the next stadiums you're, you're going to write about? Do, do you have an idea of that yet? Yeah, that's a good question. So as I said, I've got <laughs> no, 19 stadiums. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've got 19 stadiums. I've written about the latest one was the New York Mets uh, mystery and the Black Cat changeup, which is a lot of fun. And I've got the four super specials, which include the, the uh, Christmas super special. There's a World Series one and a Little League World Series one and a New York one. Uh, those are all fun in their own way. Um, so actually, the next ballpark mystery book that I'm working on is is going to be a Negro Leagues mystery. Um, and it's actually going to be set at the oldest baseball stadium, professional baseball stadium in the country, which is actually Rickwood Field in, in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, and cool. it's where the Birmingham Barons played and the Birmingham Black Barons played, uh, including Willie Mays on a really important, I think it's 1947 team. Um, and Mike and Kate are going to go down there and there's going to be a mystery that is related to Satchel Paige, who was a great pitcher. Uh, there's going to be a Satchel Paige baseball that I think is going to be stolen. Um, so it's a, a stolen mystery and Mike and Kate are going to have to figure out. And actually MLB is going to have a game at Rickwood Field in Birmingham, uh, I think in the June of 2024. So this this year coming up in June, there's gonna be a major league game there. Um, oh, so wow. it's gonna tie in really nicely with that. Did you know about the major league game when you started writing the book? I did, yeah. I, 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 I kind of it kind of came together like that. I thought they're gonna they're gonna be investing uh, in in the field and and kind of the Negro Leagues and the history. Um, there's actually going to be a Negro Leagues history exhibit at the Hall of Fame as well. And it just seemed like a really good uh, combination to uh, share because it's, you know, again, that's one of the fun, so fun things we talked about is these books. I not only get to tell a mystery story, but I get to tell a little bit of history as well. So we can kind of explore some of the challenges the Black baseball players had, the reason for the Negro Leagues, and, um, you know, then kind of find ways to get the kids interested in learning about what happened back then and, and what happened, what's happening now. Yeah, that's, that's great. He, my, my, my son uh, has read a lot about Jackie Robinson and this is partly because, you know, in his age bracket, there's just a lot of books about Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Um, and so he just re he's read several books about Jackie Robinson. So he's into that, but it's also like for a young kid of six to, to talk about issues around America's history and race and these kind of really hard conversations, I think baseball provides um, a really kind of nice introduction for a six-year-old to kind of get their head around um, some issues, some kind of ugly issues with America's past in, in, in a way that's kind of friendlier, if you can be friendly talking about America's past and some of these, um, and so, and, and with, this, with, with some of these ideas. So I think baseball allows that, right? Because you can talk about history, you can talk about America, you can talk about this through the lens of, of baseball. And so it becomes not just about baseball, right? We're really reading about American society and American history, just at baseball being kind of the vehicle to talk about those issues. Well, and it, it, yeah, because baseball is the connection and you can't learn something unless you have a connection to it. If it's just completely um, dis, disentangled from you, there's there's it's just too abstract. So. Mm -hmm. Um, by understanding what the baseball players went through and what they encountered. I mean, kids know what baseball is. They've been to baseball games or seen them on TV and they have their favorite players and they kind of understand how today's world works. Um, but by looking uh, at history through the lens of baseball, as you said, it really gives you kind of a direct connection. They can kind of make that, they can understand the context and the structure and they can see, 
oh, these things were different and that sounds like it was probably bad. You know, they can understand why it would be bad or, or not good. So. Yeah, no, that's true, yeah. David. If, if I just try to explain it to him, uh, it wouldn't make yeah. sense. He wouldn't grasp it. But yeah, right. but baseball allows some context for him to grasp it. Right. Um, you mentioned your um, your your super specials. It seems that yep. that could be an endless possibilities of books. Do you have any kind of super specials in mind, or does, does well, that? Well, that's that's going to be a super, that's going to be a super special. I think, yeah, that's going to be a super special. And and to go back to your question, I don't know what the next major league team is going to be. Uh, I'm going to figure that out after. Um, uh, I will say, we'll point out, I don't know if you've come across this, I actually published a football mystery book with Mike and Kate. Uh, so there is now perhaps a new series of football okay. mysteries as well, um, because some kids like football in addition to baseball. Um, so um, I just had a mystery came out called The Two Minute Warning, where Mike and Kate go to a Dallas Cowboys football game, and it's kind of fun. And I think there's going to be a New England Patriots mystery next there. But um in terms of the ballpark mysteries, yeah, there's 11 more teams that I need to do. And then there are lots more um, kind of super specials. I could have um, I could have spring training. I could have one of their international games. I could have uh, international games in other countries. Um, I don't know. Do you have any ideas for super specials that I should, oh, I should be writing? David, I got lots of ideas about everything. All right. You came to an idea guy. Um, I don't have the skill or talent to implement any ideas, but I can generate Tons of ideas. Um, yeah. So yeah, sir. I have I have some some super special. I have a few ideas. Some are ridiculous, but but some are um, within the realm of possibility. What 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 I like is, and you mentioned that history. So I was thinking about like ways to tell kind of fictitious stories that mirror historical events, like major historical events around baseball, um, where um, where if you're reading it. A kid might not pick it up, but the adult reader will say, okay, I understand what's going on. And then, you know, you can have the chapter at the end to, to bring it together. Um, but like some, some major events, I was thinking like the, like the 1989 uh, earthquake um, in the, the Oakland Athletics San Francisco series, some kind of, it doesn't mean earthquake, some kind of natural event kind of that, yeah. that impacts, impacts baseball. Not, not to get too personal. Um, I know you're, you're from, uh, you live in Massachusetts, but um, you know, the, even some famous plays like the Billy Buckner through it, through it, through the legs play. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> I think it might be interesting yeah. to maybe provide some sort of mystery that led to an incident like uh, the Billy Buckner incident. Um, and there's yeah. um, here in Baltimore, we are very familiar with in 1996, the ALCS Yankees versus Orioles, a little 12 year old kid, Jeffrey Mayer leaned over and stole a home run. Um, and they didn't call interference, stole a home run, or I'm sorry, stolen out from Tony Tarasco, and it became a home run. And even though I think we lost that series in like five games, we blame us not going to the World <laughs> Series because of yeah. Jeffrey Mayer leaning over. And the thing that irritated irritates all of Baltimore about that incident is um, Jeffrey Mayer then became kind of this, uh, this hero in New York, and he was on all the talk shows <laughs> for stealing a home run. Um, uh, Another one, I don't know if this is too soon. This might be too soon, David, but the trash can banging with the Astros, um, yep. some sort that's a definite mystery, right? They're already kind of embedded it there. Is. It um, is. Uh, yeah. Th those are a few. 
Those, those, those are great. Those are great ideas. And, and, you know, maybe I left I off steroids. I thought maybe steroids too, but I thought, no, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. And just so you know, my editor said I can't have any dead bodies either. So that's, okay, that's not going to be a mystery option. Um, but, yeah. um, but actually, no, you, you probably could do something around steroids, maybe not steroids, but maybe one of the players could be, um, you know, Drinking a special, you know, mixture or juice or something, yeah, like a space jam, power. super juice yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could, you could do something like that. Um, but that's the, that's those are great ideas, and that's kind of where I start. I, I, I you know, I, I write down ideas, I think about ideas. You know, what could happen or what should I do? But, but you know, the idea of kind of tying some of them more directly into some historical events would be an interesting angle to pursue. And um yeah, the problem is finding the time to do it um i've got yeah. a little more teams to go and um but no i I'll, I'll certainly actually think about that as i as i keep writing the books yeah i have i have lots of ideas david um but <laughs> no no talent or energy to implement any of them um the other thing is my, my son right now is going through the magic treehouse books and something yep. interesting about them is and he hasn't read any these yet but i've noticed they have like the magic treehouse books one through whatever and then they have a companion book which is like the, are you aware of this, like the facts, facts the, the yeah. fact tracker, which tells kind of more the facts behind the mystery, um, which is kind of like taking one of your chapters and I guess extending it out to a whole book to yeah. accompany the, the, the mystery. I, I, I've thought about that. I haven't thought about it to the level of actually doing something about it, you know, sitting down saying, you know, if I was going to write you know, some kind of fact book about the Red Sox and the Yankees, what would I put in there? Um, but I, you know, certainly there's a lot of information and it would be a nice companion. So it is something I might return to, to think about doing, cause it would be kind of fun to, uh, for the kids that really liked one of the specific teams or mysteries, they might want to dig a little deeper. Um, so it'd be kind of fun to pull that together. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think the football is, is great. And I saw that and I think that's, that's a really good idea. And I mean, my, my son today, like said, Hey, are you ready to play our first football game of the year? And I was like, we always play baseball in the back. I was like, football, where is this even coming from? But it is like, it's different seasons. <laughs> now everyone's talking about, it is. Everyone's talking about football. So it yep. makes sense in yep. football season, you read football books and baseball season, we get back to, to, yep. to the baseball books. So that, that makes yep. sense. They're not, they're not competing seasons here. There's time for, for both. That, that, that's right. That's right. Usually they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Usually not. Um, yeah. yeah. That's what we always judge Orioles success or we used to. I think we have a new standard now where can you keep us entertained until the Ravens start? Um, but but now the Orioles have a new standard now because they're actually actually good. Um, David, are you a are you a, are you were you a big baseball fan growing up, or are you were you more interested in the mystery and writing size side of things? Yeah, I was I was actually more interested in the in the mystery side. Uh, I I was not a big baseball fan growing up. I mean, I played general backyard sports. We had a lot of kids in the neighborhood, so I you know I ended up playing a lot of sports. But I was not a super sports fanatic, and I certainly. I didn't really have a favorite team. I kind of liked the Orioles, but uh, I lived in upstate New York and we were about five hours from the Red Sox or the Yankees and uh, nobody was super into any baseball team. So um, I actually kind of kind of really got into baseball when my sons were younger because they just grabbed onto baseball and the Red Sox and, um, you know, they, they were able to stay up late watching the Red Sox game. If that's what they were watching, they get an extra half hour. And um, so that was great watching TV with them and kind of sharing that experience. And I saw how energized it made them. So that kind of got me into um, 
baseball. And, and for me, that's, that's perfect. Cause these books, you know, I don't have to be a baseball expert to write the books. I do have to understand the game and the players and the history and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's kind of fun to write for that age group. That's just getting into it and kind of learning about some of that stuff. Um, but I always, uh, going back to my childhood, I always read mystery stories. I liked Encyclopedia Brown and the Hardy boys and mm -hmm. all, uh, all the mystery stories I could get my hands on. That's cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, sometimes I, I relate to that thing up later. I sometimes wonder, does my son really love watching baseball or does he just like for me to let him stay up past his bedtime? Cause I want someone to watch the game with, I'm not sure. And, maybe yeah. a little bit of both. <laughs> and it's, it's good either way. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't really care either way. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it's it's really important, I think, and and the same thing we would let our kids our kids stay up later, half an hour later, if they were reading. So they go to bed at eight yep. o'clock, let's say, but they could stay awake. They could leave leave the light on till eight thirty if they were reading. Um, so that again encouraged that kind of love of reading and the knowledge uh, discovery process. Absolutely. So I I yeah. highly recommend any any listeners uh, with with young kids. Uh, to check this out if your kid's into baseball if you want to get your kid into, into, into more baseball and kind of bond over reading i highly recommend their books david as far as um kind of if, if they want to access your books or find out more information um where where can they find out more information about your books sure great place to go is my website and that's just davidakellybooks.com um that'll give you basic information on all the books course you can find the books uh, on amazon or barnesandnoble.com and many local bookstores will also have them and any of them can order the books um, you can follow me on facebook or instagram at david a kelly books um, or on twitter at david a kelly um, and you know it's it's just uh you can also for people who don't want to read their audiobook versions of all these books too and we even if you read the, the books, audiobook they're, they're kind well. of fun to listen that, yeah. to as well they're great for road trips so um those are fun to listen to too. Um, and you don't have to be a kid to enjoy them. As, as you've discovered, there's some history in the books and they're kind of fun stories built around the teams. And and I enjoy listening to those audio books, even though I wrote the books. Absolutely. And they're quick reads. Yeah. You don't they are, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, well, David, thank you. This has been a really enjoyable conversation. I appreciate you spending the time. Thank you. You're welcome. It's great. And uh, I love to talk baseball and books. And thanks for having me on your podcast. And Go Orioles. <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
Big Bang.